0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? good you're in church, you glad you're in church? Yeah? Yeah. Are you sure? I feel like this section's a little bit more sure than this one over here. No, really, really good to see you. Um, Welcome to Renew Life Church. My name's Keith, I'm the campus pastor here. Uh, really, really glad that you're with us today. Especially if it's your if it's your first time with us, welcome. And I want you to know we're here. <clears throat> we're here for you. We are. We're here for God. We're here for His presence. We're here in pursuit of Him. Uh, just to let you know a little bit about Renew Life Church. Uh, you know, we are. We're not here to uh, to kind of accomplish a program this morning, and to make sure that we hit all the. The, the worship songs, and they've got to be this long, and it's got to be perfect, and then there's this amount of time here, and, you know, I, I get this amount of time to preach, which, by the way, I'm looking at my time right now, and I'm like, hey, yeah, right, I need about 10 more minutes than that, um, but we're, we're, more than anything else, we want to follow the Lord, we want to follow the Holy Spirit, because um, He ministers better than any of us can, <laughs> anybody agree with that, <laughs> he's, he's what we're here for. And um, and so I just hope that uh, I'm just believing for you today that you would just feel his presence in a tangible way, that he would speak to you during this message, that he uh, j- just know this, his word says where two or more are gathered, he's in the midst. So Just know that he's actually here today. No matter what you said in the car ride over here, he's still here and he still will speak to you. No matter how bad your week was, he's here. Amen. You know, I got a real good encouragement for, for some of you real real bad sinners out there. Don't raise your hand, okay? Don't raise your hand. Scripture says where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound. It actually doesn't matter how much sin you walked in here with because there's more grace. Come on, say more grace. Anybody need more grace? I'm going to raise my hand, all right? That's some good news right there, Amen. Hey, today I'm excited to start a a new series with you. Before I get into what that subject is, if you would, open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, this is the Sermon on the Mount, arguably the most popular message sermon ever preached by Jesus himself. He taught us a lot of things in this sermon. We are literally only going to take one little bitty sentence and, and preach from it. Why? Because Jesus can say just a few words and it can create a whole series for us to learn from. Amen. But look at what it says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. We're going to read it two times. It says this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Let's look at it again. It says blessed. Come on, say blessed. Anybody want to be blessed in here? I'll take it. Anybody just take the blessing of God? Anybody interested in that? You'd like that? Sounds like a good thing, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Today, I want to start a new series talking around being hungry for God. I want to talk around the idea of hungering and thirsting for God. What does it mean to be hungry for Him? What does it mean to actually thirst for righteousness? What does it look like for us as believers to be hungry for the things of God, to be hungry for the ways of God, to be be thirsty for, for the kingdom of God to come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What does it actually look like to hunger for him? Have you ever noticed in your relationship with God that you don't stay hungry all the time? If we were all just super honest today, we would all admit there, ha- there hasn't just been one time that we weren't spiritually hungry. There's actually been many times in our lives where, where we, we could sit back and evaluate and be like, man, I'm just, I'm just not hungry for the things of God right now. It doesn't mean that we don't love him. It doesn't mean that we've fallen out of relationship with him. That's not what I'm talking about today. But I'm talking about like, like that, 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 that first love, that, that first moment when you accepted him. Like that passion seems to dwindle sometimes, doesn't it? There's moments in our life where it is, it's, it is all we can do just to open the Bible, much less read it for more than five minutes. Maybe not y'all. I'll just preach to myself for these the next couple of minutes. Maybe y'all don't, y'all don't go through this. These moments in our life where we're not hungry for the word. We feel this almost this spiritual dullness about our relationship with Him. That we 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 kind of lift our hands in faith more out of than, than out of a feeling. We don't really even feel like coming to church that much or having conversations around the word of God. It's, it's, it's like there, there, there seems to be something that, that happens where we, we're just not, not hungry. And so today, I, uh, I want to ask this question. I want to try to answer this question. How do we get our hunger back? Anybody interested to, to learn maybe how we could get our hunger back? How, how, can we, how can we get over this lethargy that we have in our relationship with him? How do we get over these times where <clears throat> we're a little bit complacent? Scripture says it this way, where we are spiritually dull. Just by a show of hands, just so I know that I, this is, I'm, I'm going in the right place. If you've ever felt spiritually dull before, would you raise your hand? Okay. Okay. I thought so, I'm making sure. If you wouldn't have raised your hand, we would have just closed the service because that's what this whole message is about, all right? How is it that we get over these moments in our life? I I, I didn't know I was going to say this. I actually feel like I need to hear this in the context of, of, of understand that there are seasons in our life where it will feel dry. There are seasons like this. However, I believe you can become spiritually dull outside of those kind of seasons. So how do we, does that make sense? So how do we regain, how do we reignite the passion? How do we reignite this hunger in the seasons that we are supposed to be hungry, that we're supposed to be going after the things of God? Can I just say this about, about our church? I want us to be known as a hungry people. I want this church to be full of people who are hungry for God, who are hungry for the things of God, who are hungry for a move of God, who are hungry for revival, who are hungry for signs and wonders, who are hungry for his presence to break out in a service, and so much so we don't know what to do with it. I want a hungry church. I want to be a hungry man after God. You know what I I see about hungry people? Hungry people move the heart of God. You know what, the scripture we just read, you know what it says about hungry people? Hungry people are blessed people. Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. I want God to move. And he moves when we get hungry. He moves when we get desperate. So today I want to title the message, Reignite Your Hunger. Reignite Your Hunger. Would you pray with me? Yeah, Lord, we just ask you right now that you would come and you would reignite our hunger. It would not just be something that we learn how to do today, but that it would be something spiritual that happens on the inside of us, that you would help us to reignite a hunger for you. Remind us how we, we just get reminded right now how good you are, how much you love us, how much we love you, how much we could not do what we're doing without you today. I just pray over the rest of this message, the rest of this service, that you would speak, Holy Spirit. That your anointed would be here, that we would learn from you today. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Um, have you ever been at your house and and you get hungry, but you don't know what you're hungry for? Anybody ever experienced this before? You you are hungry, but you don't know what you're hungry for. And it's it's kind of like, uh, you're, you're, you're walking around, and there's just something on the inside of you, you're just kind of unsatisfied, right? You, you, you need, you, there, there's, a, there's a, an itch that you need to scratch, you just don't know how to scratch it, right? And, and here's what all of us do. I'm about to read your mail, because you're just like me. You know what all of us do in, in this moment? We, we run right over to the refrigerator for inspiration. Anybody else do this? And you walk over to your refrigerator, and you yank the door open, here comes the refrigerator light, and it's like, oh, and, and, and here's what we all do. We all just stand there and look. Doors open, we stare, and we wait for something. It's like we're waiting for the pickles to just stand up and say, it's me. This is what you've been craving this whole time. It's, it's always pickles. My wife says, never pickles. It's always pickles for me, Right? It's like we're sitting there and we're we're, we're waiting to be inspired. We're waiting to find this thing that meets this need on the inside of us. And and, and here's the truth about these moments. None of us in this moment when we're we're hungry and we don't know what we're hungry for, none of us choose something healthy. None of us open the refrigerator and be like, mmm, quinoa and broccoli, that's what it is. It's got to be that. It's got to be something soup. It's, it's, it's got to be some green beans, some, some vegetables. That's what, that's what I need. No, you know what all of us reach for? Junk. Where are those ice cream sandwiches that I know I bought? Have my kids ate them all? Let me check this out. We all reach for something. Now, if we were to step back and, and kind of diagnose what's really going on here, here's what's happening our physical body has an appetite and it's hungering for something. It's hungry for something. And, and, and this, this, our physical body, it, it wants something, and no, it needs something, and, and more than anything else, it is longing to be satisfied. It wants to be satisfied. And what I want you to understand today is that just like your physical body has an appetite, So does your spirit. Just like your physical body has an appetite, so does your soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind, it's your will, it's your emotions. Let me say it this way your soul and your spirit get hungry, they have an appetite, they want to be fed. And here's the kicker to the whole thing. If we don't know what they need and if we don't feed them, they will find the thing they want. And most of the time, it will be junk. It will be, we all know this about junk food. It satisfies for a little bit, but not forever. It may satisfy that initial need, but it does not nourish our physical body. And just like our our physical body needs something healthy, it needs something to sustain it, it needs something to, to nourish it, the same is actually true with your soul. The same is actually true with your spirit. Whether you've recognized it or not, it has an appetite, and you are feeding it something. Here's where I'm going with this. See, many times we aren't hungry for God because we're feeding our soul and our spirit something else. Many times, you didn't catch it. It was was better than you thought. I'm going to try over here. Many times we're actually not hungry for God because we're feeding ourselves something else. We've actually reached for something else. We've actually consumed something junk. We've actually consumed something that seems to be satisfying us, but the truth is, deep down on the inside, that satisfaction is only going to last a little bit, and you will be hungry again. And and the reason I want to go this direction today is because I actually want to break this, I feel like there's a lie that we need to break. You are hungry for the things of God. You do have an appetite for the things of God. There isn't some people who, have a, who are hungry for God and some people who aren't. I actually believe every human being, believer or non believer, has a hunger for the things of God. The issue, the root here, is not, is not if we're hungry or not, it's are we filling up on something that we shouldn't be? You are hungry. You are made to have an appetite for God. You are made to crave the things of God. You are made to desire the spiritual realm. You are made to desire um, uh, spiritual gifts in prophecy, in healing, in signs and wonders. You want to know why? We're, everyone's always looking for something crazy, and we like all the crazy movies. Anybody Marvel fans in here? You like all the all the superheroes? Not no one. Okay. Well, me and Natalie love them. All right. You want to know why those movies are so big and they do so well? because it's tapping into this craving that's actually deep down on the inside of every human being for something more than this realm that we're living in. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. I'm gonna say it again. You're a spirit. The true you. You're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. In all three parts, they need to get fed. I want to ask you today to begin to do some inventory. What might you be feeding on that you don't need to be feeding on? What might you be eating that may be getting into the way of your hunger for God? Is it TV? Every man in here hungers and thirsts for TV. We hunger and thirst for NFL season to kick off again and college football to come back. We are hungering and we are thirsting because right now we have nothing to watch. Can I get an amen from one guy in here? Amen. I mean, baseball's cool and golf is okay. I need to see men hitting other men and hurting people, okay? It just for some reason, it's just in me. I think God put it in there. Okay, just, just back off for a second. All right. What 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 might you be feeding on? Is it a hobby? Is it success? Is it money? Is it status? Is it social media? Man, I I. I Hate having to talk about social media, but it just is what it is in the world that we live in. Hear me today. Social media will trick you into thinking that you're getting fed. Oh, it's so good. It's so good just to flip through all those funny videos and watch all those things, and you'll just be sitting there having a good time, and you're looking at everybody's pictures, and you feel great until you don't. You know what's actually proven? You get more depressed the longer you're on social media. That's actually a fact. It, it has this way of tricking us to think that it's, here, here's what social media does. It temporarily satisfies the soul. Can I say it this way? It gets in the way of your hunger for God. Okay, I feel like I need to throw my disclaimer Is social media the devil? Yes. No, it's not. I'm kidding. (laughs) No. It's okay. It's not evil in and of itself. It can be a very good thing. Is it okay for you to watch some funny videos? Absolutely. But what might be satisfying your soul that doesn't need to be? What What might be distracting and stealing your hunger you know, Jesus, he, he talked a lot about this in Scripture. He talked a lot about distractions and things that might take, the, take away the, the hunger that we have for him. In Revelations chapter 3, we see, we see John, you know, he has this vision. He's in heaven, and he's actually listening to Jesus. And we see Jesus writing to one of the churches in Revelation 3, and he's writing to this church in Laodicea. And I want to I read this to you today and, and kind of pull out some things. Because when I was, as I was preparing this message, I asked the Lord, I said, what is the opposite of hunger? And immediately I heard the word lukewarm. The opposite of hunger is being lukewarm. And it immediately took me to this scripture. This is the words of Jesus. He says, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen. I love that. He's talking about himself, Jesus. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. (laughs) I love this next part. Jesus is letting everybody know. He just starts off, I know all the things you're doing. You ain't hiding nothing from Jesus. He's like, hey, just want y'all to know I can see everything. I know all the good. I know all the bad. He said, I know all the things you do that you are neither hot nor cold. Can I say it this way? He says, you're not hungry. Where's your appetite? I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This is a little bit heavy. Come on, Jesus. All right, I think we know what you're saying. Let me just give you a little bit of background about this city. Laodicea was a very wealthy city. Um, it was along a riverbank; A lot of trade happened there. It was at the junction of three imperial roads. People came in and out. Um, it, was, it was known as a banking center. You could trade money in this place. Uh, It it was known for um, really, really high-end clothing. They produced high-end clothing and, and all kinds of other stuff. There was even a medical school in this city. Why do I tell you that? Because I need you to understand that the city of Laodicea had it going on, which tells me this, the church had it going on too because the people in the church were the ones who were in the city. The people in the church If I could say it it this way, they were a lot like me and you. They found themselves in a country, if I could say it this way, where they're very blessed. They have the thing, their their needs are being met. They have the things that some of them, uh, many of them were rich. They had wealth and notice the correction that Jesus brings to this group of people. The people who seem to have it all together. He says, you're not hungry. There's things getting in the way of your hunger, church. There's things that are getting in the way of me and my relationship with you. Look at what he goes on to say in verse 17. He says, you say I'm rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. If you're in Texas, it's naked. Everywhere else, it's naked. But for me, it's naked. Anybody else? So they're like, please stop saying that word in church. Okay, I'm moving on. Verse 18, he says, so I advise you. Remember, this is Jesus talking. I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that's been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so you'll not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment for your eyes, so you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Notice this next part. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Turn from your lukewarmness. Turn from your complacency. Turn from your lethargy. Turn from this this place where you're just not hungry anymore. He doesn't say, "Be don't, don't don't waller in shame, don't waller in guilt." He's like, "Just get hot again." He, well, how, how do we get hot again? He said, hey, "You think you're rich? You have nothing without me. Find your riches in me. Find your purity in me." He says, well, "What did Jesus say?" He says, "Buy your gold from me." What was Jesus trying to say? He was pointing out the fact that we can actually think that we're satisfied when we aren't. These people were walking around being like, I got it all, I'm good. Everything's good. He said, no, 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 you're not good. I'm the only one who can satisfy. I want to answer that question. I'm going to give you three points today. How do we get hungry again? How do we hunger for God again when we don't feel like it? Number one, remove anything that's in the way of God being first in your life. Remove anything that's in the way of God being first in your life. Maybe it is stuff. Everybody in here, let's just be be super honest, We, we all like stuff. Stuff, stuff is fun. Stuff is good. We like new clothes. We like good food. We like an, a, a nice home. We like a nice car to drive in. And you, you, you know this, I just preached a whole series that we were made to reign, that God actually wants to bless you with those things. But we have to be careful that when God begins to bless us, we don't begin to worship the thing that he blesses us with, but we remember who the one, who, who it is it's coming from that we keep him first. You want to know how you get your hunger back? Remove. It starts with removal first. Remove anything that might be in the way of God being first in your life. Matthew 6, 21 says this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can I just take this scripture and put it in the context of what we're talking about? For where your treasure is, there your hunger will be. It's where your hunger will be. You got to put him back in first place. Number two, how do we reignite our hunger? Feed on the word even when you don't feel like it. You need to learn to feed on the word even when you don't feel like it. Um. Let me say it this way, that we'll, we'll, we'll all know, we'll all get this. Sometimes we need to eat to get hungry. Anybody ever been there physically? Like, no, nah, I'm not that hungry. I'll just, uh, you go to a restaurant with your friends, you sit down, like, oh, I'm just going to order like a little appetizer, I'm good. And you start eating your appetizer, and then you just start reaching and picking off everybody else's plate. You just took one bite, and you're like, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of hungry. Can I get another one of these? Is it too late to order? Sometimes we need to eat to get hungry. Sometimes we just need to feed on the word of God. As a mature believer, you have to understand, you won't always feel like reading your word. You won't always feel like, I don't even, you don't even have to read it. Ingest it in some form or fashion every day listen to a message, reading it, listen to audio, uh, read the actual scripture to you, whatever, get in a conversation with somebody, ingest the word every single day. You know, I, I can't prove that this is only my personal experience. <clears throat> I actually, watched the <laughs> speaking of scrolling through videos on Instagram, I actually found a video that may support this a little bit. I don't know what it is, but there is something that happens there's there been moments in my life where I've just kind of, I've gotten busy and I've just, I, I've, I haven't been in the word like I should. He's like, you're a pastor, that happens to you, it happens to me. And there's something that happens to me on the fourth day. Fourth and fifth day, all of a sudden scripture starts jumping off the page again. Revelation just starts Coming. The voice of God just begins to get loud. It begins to get clear. What happens day one, day two, day three? I'll tell you what happens. Nothing. So I think. I don't necessarily feel anything. I don't necessarily know exactly even where to read in the Bible. I'm like, you just open it up and you just scroll and you just go, all right, right there. I'm going to read for five minutes. Like That's the best I can do, Lord. But something happens on the fourth day. There's actually a study that has come out. I wish I would have got, got this and wrote, wrote, wrote these things down. There's a study that's come out. People who spend four days in the Word, depression significantly decreases. Anxiety, significant, like f- over 40%. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. The spirit on the inside of you that is hungry, is getting fed something healthy. And there's a result to a healthy spirit. Unhealthy crap can't stay. Unhealthy things, they just can't, they can't stay. They gotta go somewhere else. We need to learn to feed on the word even when we don't feel like it. It'll reignite our hunger. And then number three, Get around godly things and godly people. Get around godly things and godly people. We've all experienced this before. There's a reason why there's a phrase saying you're you're the product of your environment. There's a lot of truth to that. When you start getting around certain things, guess what happens? You're going to start wanting certain things. The moment the, the, the moment the friends in your life get a new vehicle and you get in and you, get, you, just, you just get a little whiff of that new car smell, guess what you're going to start wanting? A new car. Anybody, anybody, am I preaching to anybody today? You'll admit this. You, you start getting around your buddies and they just start talking about golf and how much they're golfing and how good their golf game has gotten. Guess what you're going to want to start doing? You're going to want to start playing golf, and for some reason, new clubs will just show up in your bag. We, when we get around things, we get hungry for them. What happens when we get around godly things and godly people? We'll get hungry for God. You don't know how you just stir your hunger for God? Just start talking about it start talking about the moves of God. Man, wouldn't it be cool if we showed up one day and this person got up out of their wheelchair and just started walking around in service? Wouldn't it be cool if we saw like 10 people get saved in service one time? Imagine what would happen if somebody came and they've been depressed their whole life and they came into service, nobody laid hands on them, nobody even spoke to them. Just by lifting their hands in worship, all of a sudden depression broke off of them. See, you just begin to talk about the things of God and the ways of God and the miracles of God and the signs and wonders and the things that you find in him. Guess what? Everything in the world begins to fade away and you realize, oh my gosh, I was made for him. I was made for the things of God, for the ways of God, for the kingdom of God. God, make me hungry again. I need you inspiring the person you're sitting next to. I need you to lift up your husband when he when he ain't hungry, and you look at him and you can tell you're not hungry. Hey, bro, you need to get hungry again. Or you look at your wife, and you can tell they're struggling. You can tell they're dealing with insecurity or fear or not being good enough. You know what you need to do as a husband? You need to come back in because guess what? All those things, I'm going to talk about it next week, all those things will steal your hunger. They'll rob you. And as a husband, you need to come alongside her and say, hey, this is who you are in Christ Jesus. You're hidden. You have a future. You have a big purpose on your life. I don't care what everything else is saying around you, you were made for more. Now get on up and get hungry again. We're a hungry family. We inspire one another. Read them to you again. How do we get our hunger back? Number one, we remove anything that's in the way of God being first in our life. Number two, we feed on the word when we don't feel like it. And number three, we get around godly things and we get around godly people. I'm going to add a fourth one that's not my notes. Talk about it. You want to get hungry? Start talking. You need to hear you say something about God. You need to hear you say a testimony. You need to hear you say something that makes you feel uncomfortable. You need to hear yourself praying big prayers because it'll stir your hunger, amen? I'll close with this verse, Colossians 3, verse 1. It says, if you've been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above. Be hungry for the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God.